please welcome award-winning pianist and composer. And uh, he's on meeting for coffee. His name is Andy Milne. How's it going? I'm okay, thanks. How are you, George? Good. How do you take your coffee? I actually I don't drink coffee. I'm an anomaly of a, a musician. Oh wow! I really got to start screen, screening actors and have that as like the, the pre-interview question. Um, okay, man, it's okay. This, this is, Sorry this is, about that. This is this is pretty cool. Um, when, when my wife and I were first dating, she called. She invited me to go out for coffee, and my response was, "But I don't drink coffee." So we're married now. So it, somehow we transcended that. Yeah, you know what? It, she must. She must have loved your 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 music music skills and. I'm just the person that you are. And sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes coffee is a, you know, it's just a, a figure of speech or something to say. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, I mean, you could probably eat muffins and stuff. Or, uh, it's, yeah. There's probably some other thing. Tea is an option. Anyway, I, I'm sorry. I couldn't uh, you know, give you that answer though. No, it's okay. It's, it's really, you know, everybody's entitled to to like what they like and stuff, except for bacon. I mean, if you don't like bacon, that's like a federal offense up here in Canada. And it's I don't eat meat either, man. Yeah, man. Oh man, dude. <laughs> don't come to Canada. I know you're from Canada. Don't come yeah. here. They have some crazy rules now. I don't want to get it. Rules. Um, so your childhood, very interesting as an infant, um, being adopted into a family. Um was it you? You're the second youngest of ten kids. Is that yes. your 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 adopted family or your biological family? My adopted family. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. That's that's pretty. I mean, thinking about that is like what an experience. Um, because it's it's really crazy to think that that stuff happens. And and you know, I I have my own son. And I don't think I could ever like give him up and stuff like that. But um, your parents uh, ended up being a really big influence on you, um, in a positive way. Um, I know you've also tried to connect with your, your biological birth relatives. And, uh, well, that was back in, uh, 2019, um, from ancestry.ca, you met your cousin, your actual cousin. Mm-hmm. Um, how awesome was that? Uh, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. We, we come, we've become good friends. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, the, the sixth degree of, of separation as I, I think it really does. That is a really true fact. Um, you both went to the same school. Um, you had a lot in common. Um, he likes jazz as well. Right. Yeah. Um, just absolutely awesome. So you guys built a, a cool relationship, eh? Uh, we did. Yeah, yeah, we have. Yeah. You guys stay in touch. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. We've become good friends. That's amazing. You know what? I love, I love jazz. Um, just the feel it gives me, you know, I, I listened to your record fragile, uh, which you collaborated with, uh, Ingrid, uh, it's a low, low rock. Yeah. Um, and it was just an awesome time. I just kind of just hung out and listened to it. I followed that up with a glass of scotch and I listened to remission and then, uh, from the bridge, um, you also got some pretty cool excerpts from uh, Patrick Stewart and William Shatner um, in, in, in that record as well. Um, in, in specifics, uh, to have those two voices on your record, was that like, uh, did they come in and record their excerpts or did they just, were they just plugged in? No, that was a soundtrack recording. So that was okay. from the film. Okay. So th- those conversations that they were having in the film, um, or at least those, those, those spoken parts that you hear in that recording are from the film, the William Shatner film, the, the captains. And so when I did the soundtrack, I took 
audio from the film because the way that soundtrack was created, the way the score was created for the film was such that I was kind of like the third person in a conversation because it was just, it was a series of one-on-one conversations with two people sitting down talking about their lives. And so I was kind of the third voice in those conversations. And so, um, you know, when I created the score for that film, I had, you know, it was was a sort of an intimate kind of dialogue, or at least at times, once you're sort of establishing what it was going to be. So when I, when I had the opportunity to kind of take the score and make a soundtrack album out of it, that's, that's sort of how that um, came into being was just sort of wanting to kind of capture the cadence of those things. Because I, I, I found that in some cases, the cadence of the way the two you know, personalities on screen were speaking and the way I was playing with them was, was, was an interesting breathing exercise. Uh, and, I, and I liked the musicality of many of those moments that, you know, because a lot of them were improvised, you know, that not the conversations at the same time in sense that I wasn't scoring the film while they were having the conversation on camera, but I was improvising many of these segments uh, to the conversations after the film was edited. Uh, so it, it was it was just a fun way to be able to bring those things together and just sort of share them in a different context. Because if you if you see the film, you'll hear the exact same thing. It's just that the music is probably more um, in the forefront in the, on the soundtrack than it is on the on the on the, on the actual in, in the film. You know. And I'm also working my way through the DAP theory stuff. Uh, it's it's pretty cool. Um, what do you like about you know being a pianist, like it, especially within the genre of jazz? Um, for me, what I like about uh, you know I played bass in, in some jazz groups and stuff in the past. Um, nothing too crazy, just some jam bands and whatever. But um, I like the the fluidity of and the feel. Um, and how you can take the emotion of the song and like tie it to different situations in life, you know, whether it's, you know, hanging out at home, relaxing, uh, maybe going for a walk, uh, trying to find peace some way, somehow. Um, it's very fitting uh, in many different situations in life. So what, what really interests you about this genre? And it, are you thinking ever to go outside of jazz and, and embark on something else? Or um, how does that work for you? Well, I mean, I I feel like I've kind of gone outside of jazz often, really, in the, spe- in the spectrum of the music that I've created and recorded and released, because not really any, maybe barely one of my recordings would be considered mainstream jazz in the sense that how people generally identify with that word. Um, so, I mean, you know, but the thing is the sensibility that exists within a jazz uh, musician and a jazz improviser's skill set is one that's very, um, it's very conversational. It's very responsive. It's very, um, you know, nimble and, and there's, and, and it's very exciting and, and, and sort of colorful and vibrant. And so those things are all present in, in the music. And, and that's what attracts me to, to sort of want to engage artistically in that setting. But I mean, I do that with musicians who aren't jazz musicians, right? Like, I mean, in DAP theory, I guess spoken word poet is definitely not a jazz musician, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, at least not in the way that you could typically look at the lineage of what people consider jazz musicians, but that doesn't mean we can't have musical, like meaningful musical conversations using kind of a, 
hybrid language, shared language, but certainly, you know, drawing on hip hop, drawing on spoken word, drawing on jazz, drawing on R&B, drawing on funk, drawing on rock, like all these different um, cultural musicians play. And I get, I'm able to surround myself with musicians that have an ear to an openness that, that, that they can kind of very quickly uh, mix these things, but to do it in a tasteful and elegant way. I mean, that's, that's a lot harder than it maybe seems. And when someone, you see someone do something well, it looks easy. You know, I think of the drummer in that there, Kenny Grahowski. I mean, he looks, he makes it look easy, but you know, you know, it's not in a sense. It's like, there's a, there's years of sort of distilling and, and years of developing skill to be able to be so nimble to kind of take these impulses and, and, and fashion them in something that's, going to work musically that somebody else can immediately pick up on. So it's a, it's to me, it's inside and outside at the same time. And that's, that's sort of always, always lived my career, you know, and as I continue to go forward, you say, what else am I going to do? It's like more of the same in a way, in just terms of being, um, being willing and, and uh, responsive to, 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 to what's possible with what's being presented to me. You know, if I get an opportunity, it's like, I want to try to, see how to best fill those shoes with what I can bring and, and, and grow into a new opportunity. So, I mean, I'll be writing a big commission this fall. That's with a string quartet, piano and string quartet. So, I mean, those things, as they come along, I, I, I enjoy growing into new environments. And it keeps it interesting for you, especially if you're kind of pushing boundaries, if not stepping outside your own, Um, can you, identify a situation where you actually kind of uh, stepped outside your comfort comfort zone uh, within your playing experience? Uh, well, I mean, I, every time I sort of accept something, it's like, it's new, it's generally new music, you know, like very few times am I in my career, have I, have I been like, all right, this is, there's a precedent for this. You know exactly what to do. Just follow the recipe. Like in the percentage of, of, I mean, not that I've never done that, but I would say 70% of my playing life as a professional has been to, when you're playing original music, you're stepping into somebody else's universe. And therefore, it's not going to entirely be your comfort zone. It might be partially because that's why they hired you. They hired you because they know that you can present something of value to their world and uplift it in a way and they're trusting that you're going to be able to do that, but you're still presented with something new because it's their matrix and you're living in it and you have to quickly respond to that. But I mean, as soon as I got to New York, I spent 10 years working with Steve Coleman and his whole universe is, is like, you know, as much as I loved his music, I had to get, I had to acquire the sensibilities to be able to walk in on his ground and breathe the air that, that, that would go on my lungs because that was new, you know, and there wasn't a recipe to follow, you know, so that was definitely stepping outside the comfort zone from what I had experienced growing up, you know. When, when did you fall in love with music and, and, and when did you know you wanted to play music? Oh, I mean, I fell in love with music when I was a young kid. I started taking piano lessons when I was seven years old. I fell in love with music really early. I didn't know what it would mean to become a professional musician, but I knew I wanted to become a professional musician, but I didn't, I didn't know what that would look like, you know, 
Well, you've you know, done interviews like this or whatever, you know, like none of that stuff or just like the, the struggles with writing music when you got a deadline or anything. I wouldn't have understood that the life on the road, none of this stuff as a kid, I had no, I had no basis. Even if I read about it in magazines, I still wouldn't really have appreciated that at a young age when I sort of fell in love, but you know, I fell in love with the, with, with, with the sound because it, it makes you feel a certain way. That's, that's absolutely amazing. That's a great answer. Um, I will keep going through the discography and your collaborations. Okay, uh, great. I'm, I'm really having a good time. Um, but I, I did admit to you that I did have a glass of scotch. Uh, well, <laughs> That's I, good. Uh, I, I might have to get a glass of scotch. I wish I'd known we could have done that. It said, said, you know, join me for a coffee, but you know, Hey, Hey man, like, uh, Hey, it's like music, right? Yeah. It's a, you can have an aged wine or aged liquor or aged hard liquor, whatever it is. Um, the experience you talk about the experience and how good you get over the years or how you tune your, you distill yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, it's, this music music goes hand in hand with everybody people perceive it the different ways and whatever um and i choose sometimes to enjoy it with scotch and you my friend are uh, one of the artists that i do enjoy with a nice glass of glenfiddich um great great um, you know sometimes it's just way too late for coffee i know it's meeting yeah. for coffee but it's like i can't just keep meeting for coffee because i'll be meeting my deathbed because i won't right. be right you'll be wired um, I, maybe I'll have to think about that in the next uh, in the next out al- for the next album in terms of, you know, when they do when you go to a restaurant and they, they tell you what the dessert is and they say it pairs really nice with this. Or, so now I have to think of what scotch the recording each piece in the recording would pair with and then have a, a sort of scotch, um, you know, recommendation throughout the release. So it's an interesting idea. And well, about- I, can, I can test them out for you and I can tell you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, we, we might get off track, but uh, yeah, maybe <laughs> if you want to check out Andy, he's uh, playing across Canada at many major jazz festivals, including one by my house, uh, the Toronto Jazz Festival, June the 28th. Um, let's talk about this. It's so exciting to go on tour once again uh, after a long two years, man. How does it feel? Well, it, the fact that this record came out like in what April of 2020, it, it it was just, you know, I had a lot of great media opportunities that were coming along, had a huge feature in Downbeat Magazine at that time. And like these, all these things that were already in the pipeline that couldn't have been paused. Right. And so I couldn't stop the record from coming out, but we couldn't go on the road. And therefore it just like died, you know, it was really frustrating to work so hard on something and be really happy with it. And then just poof. poof. So you know, I, I, I contemplated rescheduling for May of 2021. And then in the end I said, let me wait. And then we were up for the Juno last year and we won and it was like, Oh, okay, well let's maybe we can capitalize on that a little bit. And so it kind of all synergized with partly with COVID sort of maybe getting a bit more manageable at this point, fortunately, and festivals being able to have in-person concerts, which I was far more interested in. And, you know, winning the Juno and then just like, okay, here's the window to try to do this. So I'm very excited to be able to go back on the road with the guys and be able to play the the music that we recorded as well as play new music that I've been writing so that we can, you know, break it in for the next record that we'll do at the end of the tour. 
I'm so excited for you, man. I'm ex- I'm so excited for everyone. You know, you know, watching sports and concerts with no people around, like it was yeah. a big hockey fan, and it's like, yeah, you know, it's, a, it's a different concept with those cardboard uh, cutouts. Huh? Yeah, 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 it's like just watching it. It's like there's no like emotion to he scores. So yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. You know? Um. I really appreciate this, man. I wish you all the best in your career, and I hope I can come out to see you June the 28th, part of the Toronto Jazz Festival. Uh, we'll post some more of your dates up on my website, on my Facebook page, uh, when this show comes out, and uh, we'll keep in touch. Great. Thanks so much, George. Have a good night. Awesome. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye.